nya 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 pa mba babwe zimbabwe <clears throat> the broken bunsen burner burns so bright south jamie southeast asian peninsula hey, hey jamie yes i think the only line we need from you today is drivers who switch to progressive could say big Cool. I just got to finish my warm-ups. <clears throat> foul, foul, throw in the towel. History, history. Switch history, to Progressive history. today. Santa ski slalom in a salmon skin suit. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hey guys, big welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. Kunal, it literally seems like Wednesday is the new Monday because you know from publishing a new episode on Mondays, we're now publishing episodes on Wednesdays. Well, if some of our listeners had their way, we could be publishing episodes on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and the remaining days of the week. Now, I love it that you love us guys, but thank you so much for all that love and for sharing our Formula 1 passion. And much as we may love to do an episode every day, it's next to impossible. Like almost impossible. Like from living the Formula 1 life, we will be dying from the Formula 1 life. <laughs> I don't think I can spend so much time with you every single day. My god, guys, don't give us such ideas. But you all can check out our social media handles for updates. We're on Facebook as the Inside Line Formula One podcast, and Kunal and I are on Twitter as well. Kunal literally spams the hell out of his Twitter on Formula One content, so you all can follow him. Yeah, I think I use my Twitter handle just for Formula One, and maybe you'll find some cute dog and video, dog and cat videos out there <laughs> as well. But. Uh, Yeah, social media it is for like literally regular updates. Yeah, and thank you uh, Ashish, Lance, Suraj, Dave, lots of others of y'all uh, who sent in their comments regarding Ashley's bites on our podcast last week. And of course, thank you for following us on Hub Hopper and app we definitely recommend following us on Hub Hopper is India's very own podcast app. It has thousands of unique podcasts and shows across every imaginable genre yeah i downloaded it from the google play store kunal uh, you guys can also get it from there or from itunes it goes as h u b h o p p e r hub hopper so if you like it remember to review it share it with your friends you all know the drill so in this week's episode we applaud alexandro alessandro zanardi's world breaking efforts in the ironman triathlon and we ask if it's cheaper to pay for a seat for a junior driver or if it's cheaper to just run a third car i know where you're going with mm-hmm. this but <laughs> and are we seeing the first cracks appear in the sebastian vettel ferrari relationship and we wonder if haste could make waste in the case of ricardo and renault so i just had this thought in my mind you know while this whole uh, ferrari versus mercedes debate it's like google versus apple in my head at least you know and i picked this up because you just said like the google play store thing so Anyway, Ferrari to me seem like Google. You know, they're the best that there is out there, but they are crashing like we saw Vettel crash a few times this season already. Or they are freezing on the pit wall with their strategy and then we almost certainly know that they are overheating as well and I'm talking of the cooling back controversy that we've been reading about for the last many grand prix. And they're searching for their future talent, hopefully Charles Leclerc, <laughs> but who knows. But canal interesting analogy. And Mercedes like Apple I can grant you that, you know, very precise, professional, cutthroat even. 
um, maybe you know fewer um, or more niche fans than Ferrari, but still <laughs> smashing it out there on their own. Yes, I think you know eventually we have the Russian Grand Prix that's coming up this weekend, and the one thing that actually comes to my mind is this old memory of Danny Kivat torpedoing Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> actually, me too. You know, and the other moment I really remember is how mid-race the director tuned into Bernie Ecclestone greeting Vladimir Putin and they were shaking hands and you know sitting in some VIP stand on the circuit (laughs) (laughs) but for more memories from Russia remember to tune in to Moments in Time with Lucien later in today's show and I also wonder how many more years before we have to wait to see Vladimir Putin test drive a Formula 1 car as a pre-race build-up and let's remember if it's Vladimir Putin who's going to be driving a car it is going to be nothing else but the Mercedes because he has to be in the best car on the grid or the world championship winning car on the grid. Yeah, and how many more years before we see a Russian-owned Formula 1 team in the sport? So obviously, we've got Haas F1 team representing America and we could have even laughing about this. It would be great to have a Russia versus USA in Formula 1 as well. (laughs) (laughs) But given how global politics is going right now, we could actually have a USA versus China in Formula 1. And if this ever happens, we literally have both these teams attempting to only beat each other and no one else in the sport. (laughs) And the Russian driver Artem Makhlov will make his FP1 debut in Russia with Renault. That's amazing PR for them. And Lando Norris will be back in Alonso's McLaren. Basically, one-fifth of the grid in FP1 in Russia is going to be, you know, young drivers because Giovinazzi is taking the seat at Sauber. And that Nicolas Latifi is taking the seat at Force India. Which then, of course, prompts me to speak about the whole giovinazzi Raikkonen partnership in Sauber in 2019. And I wonder if the Swedish uh, relationship or the power is finally broken at Sauber. Because almost everyone I've spoken to saw Marcus Eriksson renewing his contract with Sauber for next season. Or it could be that Giovinazzi has the Ferrari seat at Sauber, while the owners realize that letting go of Ericsson probably makes more sense than letting go of Kimi Raikkonen, because <laughs> you don't do that. <laughs> but Kunal, first things first, Ferrari will have a really strong reference for Giovinazzi at Sauber against Kimi Raikkonen. And, you know, Ferrari literally knows everything there is to know about Raikkonen. So that's really smart. You mean in the car, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I read that Kimi Raikkonen might test for Sauber in in 2018 itself, basically to evaluate Pirelli's tyre compounds for 2019. This could be after the Mexico Grand Prix. And it, of course, makes complete sense, you know, to get get first-hand information about the tyres and then also seeing how he can... Uh, you know, see, basically making changes at Sauber and the car already. But anyway, I think Sauber will be a very comfortable move for Kimi Raikkonen. You know, that whole environment, it's all about chasing P7 and lower. And we've seen how Raikkonen has struggled to keep up with the pressure of competing for anything higher than P7. So (laughs) (laughs) You are just being so mean. (laughs) Well, I tell you who is actually being mean. It is Formula One. They have gone and changed everything everything in their lifetiming app and have got nothing but criticism and rightful criticism. Yeah, you know, I got an email yesterday saying that Formula One has launched a new lifetiming only app for download. And this is obviously separate from the Formula One app that I was otherwise using. And I was confused because I also have the Formula One Grand Prix app, 
which I use when I visit the Grand Prix. So from using one app, I am now using three different <laughs> apps. It's so pissing off. And I guess just because they can't give Toro Wolf his three car teams, they've given us fans three apps on our smart devices. <laughs> <laughs> well, even in the world of apps, Formula One is confusing. So if I had a formula a non-formula one friend i don't think i have non-formula you one don't friend. speak to them yeah. not cool <laughs> but, enough <laughs> but if i ever had a non-formula one friend and if that friend ever asked me why three apps i think the explanation is just so damn confusing just like it's about formula one yeah you just then tell him or her to just listen to us on the inside line formula one podcast <laughs> and not bother about any apps <laughs> but you know all these apps is basically formula one buying through their mistakes i mean <laughs> That's how I see it, you know, in marketing terms. Very surprisingly, you know, for all of Bernie Ecclestone's non-tech savvy ways, the lifetiming system ran perfectly well in his era. And, you know, yet again, Bernie Ecclestone has said that Donald Trump is the best that has happened to the world. So. <laughs> I also read one of uh, Liberty Media's re research releases and it said something damn interesting that fans are interested in racing. And there is a difference between speed and racing. And that was so spot on. Uh, now, as a marketer, I think this makes complete sense. And I really hope that they're able to deliver on this insight. And I read that Formula One could split qualifying into four parts in 2019, basically run more elimination phases and induce more drama. And all of this when I think that qualifying is perfect. So Liberty Media is trying to change yet another aspect of the sport that is delivering well. Uh, frankly, I just think that they're toying with everything else because changing the actual race format is bloody tough. But let's remember, that's also the core product. That is the single most watched session across the entire Grand Prix weekend. And, uh, you know, I was reading about Singapore and the top six finishers started in the same positions they finished in. And this has happened only once before in the history of Formula One. And that was at this year's Monaco Grand Prix. Really ominous, huh? Twice in one season. And Kuna, literally, you know, so much for street circuits being fun. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Singapore and Monica, Monaco were two of three races where Pirelli brought their hypersoft tyres. Now, basically, the, we all know that this tyre was introduced with the expectation to add unpredictability and all the drama that came along with it. But it yet hasn't. Okay, so now we're going to switch gears and talk about Daniel Ricciardo and Renault and the haste. So, uh, you know what I read? That Renault was surprised that Ricciardo was so hasty in signing up with them for the next two seasons. <laughs> and, you know, honestly, I, I love Daniel Ricciardo. And I really hope for his sake that haste does not make any sort of waste. He's awesome. <laughs> well, it all depends what you consider as waste when it comes to Ricciardo and Renault and Ricardo have said uh, that the first shoe could only be in 2020. And let's remember, the team is actually struggling to be the best of the rest this season in 2018. Yeah, you know, I know they're only fending off Haas as things stand. But Carlos Sainz said that Renault is very of Force India. I mean, racing point Force India, obviously, despite the mammoth points gap. And with good reason, I would say. Can you imagine if... Racing Point Force India actually narrows the gap down further and, you know, finishes closer between Renault and Haas, which is going to be damn tough. It'll need like a miracle, you know, miracle finish. It would be so embarrassing for Renault <laughs> and Haas. But anyway, as expected, 
Daniel Ricciardo is already being excluded from key team meetings at Red Bull Racing. And I get this feeling that, you know, Red Bull Racing will focus that much more on Max Verstappen. And they would want Verstappen to finish ahead of Ricciardo in 2018. You know, all that psychological stuff that teams and drivers love to play with. I'm not surprised, but that reminds me. Sebastian Vettel said that he's interested in the field of sports psychology and that he would consider working with someone. But he's still to find that special someone. (laughs) (laughs) In which case, I would definitely recommend Dr. Sri Advani to Sebastian Vettel. Shri is already working with the Maini brothers who are racing in Formula 2 and in Formula 3. So basically, he's got motorsport experience. And he works with uh, multiple world champion in Q Sports, Pankaj, Advani, among several other known athletes. So, Sebastian, there is definitely something you can pursue with Dr. Shri Advani. But Kunal, I have to ask the question, what is it with Red Bull Racing and their young drivers not wanting to work with sports psychologists? Uh, you know, uh, Max Verstappen said that, you know, he wasn't interested. And now Vettel says that he's never worked with one either. You know, it's so strange. Maybe this is the common thread and <laughs> sign between Verstappen and Vettel and whatever else. But on our show a few weeks ago, Charles Leclerc said that he worked with a sports psychologist through the Ferrari Drivers Academy. That means Ferrari is definitely taking care of the mental well-being of their drivers as well. Yeah, and Romain Grosjean has actively worked with one to recover from his 2018 slump. And this is something he told me during our interview in Spain. So I know it's true. <laughs> but the other driver that possibly needs uh, you know, a sports psychologist is Valtteri Bottas. And this is, of course, assuming that he isn't working with one already. But, okay, let me put it this way. Every driver on the grid should work with a sports psychologist given all the benefits that come along with it. But anyway, in Botas's case, I can only imagine how demolished he would feel in Mercedes. I mean, Lewis Hamilton is in the form of his life and Valtteri Botas is struggling to win the first race of his season yet. Yeah, and you know, I doubt he can. Unless, in his words, Lewis Hamilton wraps up the title a, like a little earlier this season. <laughs> That's literally the only way Botas is going to win. But you know, Kunal, talking of ambitions, you know, on one hand, you have a Mercedes driver hoping to win a race. And on the other hand, you have a driver hoping to claim the world title for like the fifth time. So, big mismatch. (laughs) But that said, Valtteri Bottas said that he's also still aiming to win the world championship with Mercedes. So, he's not giving up. Well, that's something even Esteban Ocon is doing. And if Valtteri Bottas is struggling on motivation, like I think Wolf said, so could Mercedes shock the world by replacing him with Ocon for 2019? Ouch, that sounds a little rude, but never say never, I guess. Uh, I honestly heard that Ocon is negotiating with Williams for 2019 and I would be glad to see him on the grid, frankly. I mean, I would love a Kubica-Ocon pairing at Williams if that's even possible, you know. That would give me reason to actually watch Williams when they're racing. I've been ignoring them lately. (laughs) You are not alone. But, uh, you know, there are actually too many Russian drivers out there with loaded pockets aiming for Williams' seat. Could Putin be one of them, Kunal? (laughs) (laughs) But like uh, Esteban Ocon said on our show a few weeks ago... He would rather race for a slower team in Formula 1 than be out of the sport in 2019. It is just so unfortunate for the driver. And, you know, but for Williams, despite being slow and last the entire season, their two cockpits are in super demand for 2019. 
That's super true and I'll tell you what else is in super demand. Formula E. So I just heard news that Stoffel Vandoon could be on his way to Formula E. And this is with the Mercedes affiliated team. And you know, with this whole budget cap issue being discussed here at Formula One, people are wondering if Formula One staff will basically end up in Formula E. Well, I wonder if these are all indications that Formula E is the future. And there are times when I seriously consider an inside line Formula E podcast, but no, not just yet. <laughs> and, you know, talking of, you know, Formula One staff moving into Formula E, etc. It's, it's good in theory, but let's remember Formula E teams are really compact and concise and they're not like Formula One teams, you know, really bloated and lots of people doing the same roles, etc. So that's not going to happen as easy as it sounds. Okay, guys. It's time for our What Wolf Said This Week section. Clearly, Mithila so, <laughs> is just so excited each week to, to talk take, about this section. Yes, I had to take a very deep breath before starting because I get overexcited every time. I, I think she runs a Google <laughs> alert on the word wolf, F1. Yes, I stalk him only for this section, guys. But Wolf said that Mercedes could end their junior program and that it made no commercial sense in paying for junior drivers to have seats elsewhere but that he wouldn't mind running a third car. Okay, decode, Kunal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this whole third car discussion is a real-time sink. I said this last episode, I say it again. And I really wonder if it's cheaper to run a third car or to pay a minor team to get your young driver a seat. I mean, the seat would cost a couple of million dollars at best and maybe a discount on the engine bill or something to that effect. Yeah, and th running a third car would mean, you know, more members on the race team and their costs. And if you're Ferrari, you anyway can't manage two, two cars. So managing a third <laughs> car is just out of the question. <laughs> and uh, Wolf also said that a 40-point lead is no cushion. Can we laugh now? <laughs> And then he said that no win in 2018 has been an easy one. Now, this bit of information <laughs> is what I would definitely agree with him on. I mean, Mercedes had it easy from 2014 to 2017, but 2018 has been a real tough one. Okay, so on that note, let's look forward to this weekend's Russian Grand Prix. And here are the moments in time by Lucien to start things off with. Welcome to Moments in Time on the Inside Line with Lucien Byfield. Today, we talk about the Russian Grand Prix. The Russian Grand Prix has been accused of being a boring race and nothing spectacular, but I love this circuit and playing this track on the Xbox proves how amazing it is. It is a great mixture of fast and slow sections, very technical and hard to learn. The real plus is the beautiful location, which makes for some stunning television. 2014, Nico Rosberg, who earlier in the season seemed to have Hamilton rattled, had lost a large lead in the championship through a couple of mistakes and some unreliability and came to Russia with a point to prove. He subsequently screwed his race up right at the start, missing his braking point and turning his tyres into 50 cent pieces, otherwise known as flat spotting them. And how bad! He had to pit to not risk vibrations and did all but one lap of the race on one set of tyres. To me, this exposed the issue with tyres. But anyway, he drove a storm over race to eventually come second to Lewis, who had yet another easy Sunday drive to first place. Bottas proved that this was a circuit that suited him with a podium and a fastest lap in the Williams. 2015, Carlos Sainz had a mother and a father of a crash in free practice. Try saying that a little faster. Mother, father! <laughs> 
wedged in the tyre barriers after a reported 46G crash, things looked bad for the Spaniard, but he escaped and was allowed to race. In the past, we have always heard about Hamilton and his bad luck to the point of knowing it intrinsically, but Nico Rosberg has had his fair share, and often more bad luck than Hamilton had. Again, this race was to be another Mercedes affair, with all the rest making up the numbers. But Rosberg had throttle issues while leading comfortably and ended up giving the race to Lewis. The real spectacle of the race was Kimi Raikkonen going for an impossible move on Bottas, which took him off all right. It was a rookie error from the Finn and would not be the last time the two Finns would tangle. Oh, and let's not forget the almighty prang that Romain Grosjean had. Wow, that was huge. 2016, there was already bad blood between Vettel and Kvyat. And of course, who had to hit Vettel in this race? Not once, but twice. Yes, Daniil Kvyat. Now, I rated Kvyat as a potential world champion. I still do. I have never given up the faith. But this result pretty much sealed his already shaky fate at Red Bull. And he would be replaced by Max Verstappen. And it seemed as if Sebastian Vettel was pulling the strings with Red Bull, despite being a Ferrari driver at this point. Very strange scenes in the pits indeed. As for the race, Rosberg snagged his first ever Grand Slam, pole, win, leading all laps and fastest lap. Hamilton came second, again making sure everybody in the world knew that he had car trouble later in the race. 2017 saw Valtieri Bottas, now in the Mercedes, vacated by the champion Rosberg, finally come of age after a shaky start to the season, and he won in Formula 1 for the first time. And what a race to win too, pressured by Vettel in the latter stages. This was to prove that Bottas had what it took to not only be fast, also to lead, but to withstand pressure. Vettel might have had a real go on the last lap, but for an errant Massa who blatantly blocked him. So funny. The trackers suited Hamilton, Bottas, Raikkonen and Vettel all have scored multiple podiums in the four races so far. But money has to be on Hamilton, given his remarkable talent, form and luck. But this just might be the last chance for Ferrari to get back in the hunt. That's it for Moments in Time on the Inside Line with Lucian Byfield. See you next time. Thanks, Lucian. You're awesome. Yes, you can hear more of his music on Bandcamp. He is a professional musician and he has actually composed the opening and closing tunes that we all enjoy so much on the Inside Line F1 podcast. Awesome, Kunal. It's time for our predictions. Well, I am really hoping for a Ferrari 1-2 just so that we have anything that can make the season more exciting for all of us. Anything, you know, that compresses the points gap in the Drivers' Championship. On which note, I just remember that Sebastian Vettel said that he wishes he could seek Michael Schumacher's advice on various things at Ferrari. And I wonder if this is another sign that while Ferrari may have lost a bit of faith in Vettel, maybe Vettel too seems to have lost some faith in Ferrari. And it also makes me just applaud what Schumacher achieved with Ferrari in the 2000s, you know, when you look back. But okay, as for my predictions, I really hope for a Ferrari 1-2 and I really hope that Kimi lands up somehow on the top step of a podium, of the podium. I'm being really yeah, wishful. Wishful thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really think it's going to be Lewis Hamilton, you know, come Sunday. Uh, the form that he's in, I think it's difficult to pick anyone else. Well, Max Verstappen said that Red Bull Racing is the best car this season and they just need the best engine. So till they get the best engine, there's 
no money putting or no putting money on either of the bulls at least for this weekend you know this whole verstappen's talk of best car on the grid it just reminds me of mclaren and alonso and what they kept saying all through 2017 just before they dumped honda <laughs> <laughs> so i just hope that there are no ominous signs for red bull racing and verstappen for 2019 <laughs> Verstappen also said that Alonso wasn't a choice for Red Bull Racing for 2019. Now, did Max Verstappen actually know of Red Bull approaching Alonso or the other way around and refused to let Alonso join the team? So that's first question. Or did Red Bull Racing talk to Alonso behind Max Verstappen's back, especially given, you know, Fernando Alonso's claims? Yeah, I think Alonso is just playing games. He's just being <laughs> Fernando Alonso. <laughs> Yeah and despite all of Verstappen's speed and you know aggression I really doubt he has the power yet in Red Bull Racing to choose his teammate and all of that but let's see and let's remember he turns 21 this Sunday so happy birthday Max Verstappen Happy birthday <laughs> And before we sign off helmets off to Alexandro Zanardi for being the super athlete that he is He beat his own world record in the Ironman triathlon by a whopping 30 minutes now just what an inspiration this guy is amazing absolutely congratulations <laughs>